it would seem the USA is rushing to replace Russian oil. You get that? Rushing, Russian, rush. Yeah. Well, the Biden administration, it seems, is in negotiations with Venezuela, among others, to see how they can secure oil to replace around 7% of U.S. oil consumption of late that comes from Russia. Why on earth the United States is buying oil from Russia is in itself a strange situation. The U.S. has massive oil reserves in Texas, has neighbors Mexico and Canada who have massive oil reserves. There is also Alaska, which is untapped resources in the Anwar oil field up there, and they're just not touching it. And it is almost crazy uh, when you think about it. Now they say, oh, well, you know, we're doing this because we don't want to run out of oil domestically, and therefore later we can go back and tap what we still need. <laughs> but that's not true. The real reason is there's a lot of profit to be made in bringing in oil and in fact a lot more profit to be made on the speculation with prices fluctuating rather than a stable supply of oil and that's the primary reason behind this wall street really doesn't want the uh pipeline coming from northern canada because that would stabilize oil prices and therefore they couldn't make money especially guys like george soros who throws so much money at the democratic party uh, by short selling oil other commodities and other things they're just profiteering on everything they can hey that's what they do but they do even worse we won't even go there i'm mike of new york here's marco rubio mr chairman senator rubio secretary newland is uh does the united states recognize juan guaido as the president of venezuela we recognize his leadership in, in venezuela yes do we recognize him as the president of venezuela is that not, is that not our official position? It is. Um, so why would we meet with a dictator, Nicolas Maduro, without telling Juan Guaido or the ambassador here in the United States that it was happening? That, that I know you told them afterwards. Why wouldn't we coordinate with them beforehand? We did coordinate with them beforehand. We met with the opposition before that meeting. You met with the opposition after that meeting. Uh, I will take that. I think it was the other way around, Senator. Uh, I, I assure you it was after that meeting, and, and certainly the ambassador feels that way. He was not aware of it until after that meeting. Um, you are aware that the Venezuelan oil industry is in shambles after years of mismanagement, corruption, it's a personal piggy bank. They um, produce uh, about less, on a good day, about a quarter of what they are used to produce, what we would all remember as Venezuela. And every informed person in oil industry will tell you that if we were to buy all of it, and we can't because some of it's already contractually committed, it would be an insignificant impact on U.S. economy. So, is, is, but, but it would be a huge benefit to Maduro. It would be millions of dollars for his personal piggy bank. So is this meeting, the secret meeting that occurred this weekend, which was published everywhere, is this part of a Russia strategy, or is it part of a general pivot uh, in the broader Venezuela matter? There's zero pivot in our Venezuela strategy, Senator. The First and foremost, and I um, can only talk about it to some extent in this setting. I'm happy to talk to you about it in another setting if you'd like or after. Well, it's not you, that, not because it's classified, but because it's because it's uh, confidential with a, another government, uh, another country. For a number of reasons, but first and foremost, 
the mission was about visiting and checking on the welfare of our incarcerated Americans, the Sitco Six and the other two. And as you know, we have made regular visits to Caracas for that purpose. We were also seeking uh, to get the Venezuelan government back to the table with the opposition in the internationally um, uh, uh, monitored peace talks. And then there were a number of other things that we discussed that I can talk to you about in another. Why did they leave those negotiations, do you recall? They left them because they objected to the extradition of uh, one of uh, Alex their, Saab. Yes, exactly. Yeah, one of the guy that was, uh, that was uh, right. helping them to right. steal gold and sell it to Iran. But I think you'd agree that if they were willing to come back to the table with the opposition, that would be a good thing for the opposition's goals. Actually, I, I don't really think it would matter. Maduro's had habitual, he's a habitual negotiator. Uh, but he never leads to anything. That's why the Vatican won't even host him anymore. Uh, other countries don't even want to be involved anymore. He uses negotiations the way Putin does, habitually, to divide and demoralize his opposition. I, I just don't understand why we think that um, cutting a deal with Maduro now to lift sanctions, uh, as he yesterday bragged on television uh, about that meeting and how it's the, the end of, and as they mocked uh, Guaido, that, that meeting uh, did tremendous damage to the person that we recognize as the president of Venezuela, it's, it's incredibly troubling, and it would mean nothing. We, we would notice nothing. He's more than happy to agree to negotiations. He uses them to divide the opposition and demoralize them habitually, uh, the way Putin has done as well. Um, I only have a minute left. Let me ask you, um, does Ukraine have chemical or biological weapons? Uh, Ukraine has uh, biological research facilities which, in fact, we are now quite concerned Russian troops, Russian forces may be seeking to uh, gain control of. So we are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any of those research materials from falling into the hands of uh, Russian forces should they approach. I'm sure you're aware that the Russian propaganda groups are already putting out there all kinds of information about how they've uncovered a plot by the Ukrainians to release biological weapons in the country and with NATO's coordination. If there's a biological or chemical weapon incident or, uh, or attack inside of Ukraine, is there any doubt in your mind that 100% it would be the Russians that would be behind it? There is no doubt in my mind, Senator, and it is classic Russian uh, technique to blame on the other guy what they're planning to do themselves. Last question. Um, I, I am certain that the Russians were looking at their foreign, at their reserves as a way to buffer sanctions. Do you know how, now that we've sanctioned the central bank along with others, what, do we have an idea of what percentage of their reserves are frozen or inaccessible to them? Uh, virtually all of them are now frozen. You notice that the country's been under currency controls for almost two weeks now, and the whole point of putting so many of these top 10 banks under sanctions is to make it impossible for them to get access to, to their cash in hard currency. Thank you. Senator Shaheen. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and thank you for being here. Senator Rubio and other Republican senators are raising a huge fuss over the situation with getting oil from places like Iran, Venezuela, and others. First of all, it's just unclear why exactly that's going on. More so, what's to stop Venezuela from bringing in oil, let's say, from Russia, 
repackaging it and selling it to the United States as Venezuelan oil. Remember that Russia is the primary defense partner of Venezuela. So who's to say that the Russians don't bring the oil down to Cuba or bring it down to another part of the, uh, the world where Venezuela has trade relations? Move the oil around and who would know? Oil is oil. At the end of the day, I don't think there's a way to DNA test oil. Maybe some properties to check. But definitely, it would be kind of difficult once it's in a refinery system. So that is something to really consider, especially liquefied natural gas. How do you check that? That's going to be difficult. So Russia's going to be able to find ways to sell its oil via Iran, probably via Turkey, probably via Syria, and others. Who knows? It could be a long way. But Jen Paskey has said, you know, the uh, White House press secretary, that None of this affects the United States that stopping or blocking oil coming from Russia will not affect the U.S. oil supplies. And that starting, say, the Canadian oil pipeline doesn't change anything because the oil is still coming in from Canada. It's just coming in by a different route than the XL pipeline. Yeah, it's coming in via train. It's coming in via trucks. It's coming in in a smaller level of capacity that is unsure. And it is coming in from a long distance from the oil fields in Manitoba, rather than just coming straight to, down the pipeline, going straight down to Texas. And why? Primarily because the Democrats don't like who's partnering and who's behind the oil development projects. There's a lot of people involved in it. And remember, when you buy oil, it's not just for things like gasoline or diesel fuel or lubricants. There's a lot of other things that are produced from petrochemicals. Petrochemicals produce probably the case for the computer you're holding right now, the motherboard parts and, and other things inside your phone, the plastics and other developments that you're looking and touching with. The LCD screen in your TV, those are petrochemicals. A lot of the screens uh, that you use, uh, for example, the film that's inside the glass that's in the windshield in your car, those high-grade plastics all come from petrochemicals. So it's a needed product, product and commodity. Anyway, here's Jen Passio. She tries to lie through the situation that, oh, you know, the oil is still coming through in a normal way. No, it's not. Fox Business had a segment on it. Listen now. I'm Mike of New York. I expect bipartisan legislation to be introduced very soon, as early as today, that would both ban um, uh, Russian uh, imports of energy to America and would suspend normal trading relations with both Russia and Belarus. And you heard it here first. That was Congressman Kevin Brady on this program yesterday telling us that the House's new bill would ban Russian oil imports into the U.S. It was, in fact, uh, introduced yesterday. As Canada says, it could replace the Russian oil while President Biden reportedly mulls a trip to Saudi Arabia to ask the Saudis to pump more rather than reinstating the XL pipeline. Joining me right now is Tennessee Congressman David Kustoff. He is a member of the Financial Services Committee. Congressman, thanks very much for being here this morning. Morning. We are watching the price of oil, the price of gasoline, commodities surge in the middle of this war. Your reaction to the impact? Yeah, well, there's no doubt that everybody is feeling it. You know, the, the bottom line is in Joe Biden's America right now, it's just expensive to live. I hear that all the time from my constituents. And in fact, last night I did a teletown hall 
where we took questions from constituents in my district uh, for about an hour, question after question about oil prices, gas prices, what can we do to get some relief? Can't we resume production here in the United States? Very good and intelligent questions. I think real people get it. Uh, I think Congress gets it. Unfortunately, the Biden administration, it hasn't, it hasn't sunk through. And, and so we're going to need to, um, instead of what President Biden is proposing, kowtowing to dictators in Saudi Arabia and Venezuela and Iran, he needs to be reaching out to people in Texas and North Dakota and Alaska and other states, and let's ramp up American production again, like we did during the Trump years. I mean, we, we, we are clearly in an energy crisis. You would think that even if it were just on a temporary basis to fire up the XL pipeline, and yet you're right, the administration will not acknowledge it. Jen Psaki discussed this yesterday with Peter Ducey. Watch. Would President Biden ever undo his executive order that stopped the construction of the Keystone XL pipeline? Are you suggesting that would solve the gas prices issue? Well, do you think that that would maybe affect prices faster than getting the whole country off of fossil fuels? I actually don't think it would. Uh, the Keystone uh, was not an oil field. It's a pipeline. Yeah. Also, the oil is continuing to flow in just through other means. So it actually would have nothing to do with the current supply imbalance. Wow. Congressman, is that true? It has nothing to do with the current oil balance? No. You know, she frankly has no credibility. I, I think back to the debate during the Build Back Better that, that Biden pushed. And, you know, the two arguments that she made were that it, would, it would, uh, wouldn't cost the American people anything if it were passed and it would reduce inflation. That wasn't very, either wasn't very smart or wasn't very credible. And neither was her response to Peter Ducey on the Keystone Pipeline. We all get it. Uh, the more production that we have in the United States, uh, the, the better it's going to be, the less reliance on federal oil. We become energy independent again, like we were during the Trump years. Uh, that's a factor in inflation, these, these high energy prices. Uh, that would take a chink out of, out of inflation, uh, and it's a no-brainer. My constituents in West Tennessee get it. It's sad that the press secretary for the president doesn't quite understand it. And yet, you know, this climate agenda is being instituted in all sorts of agencies and places. We know that President Biden is trying to push through his nominee for the overseer of the bank, Sarah, Ras uh, Sarah Bloom Raskin. Do you believe she will, in fact, get the job? She has written in the past that she doesn't think banks should be lending to fossil fuel companies. Yeah, I mean, that's a very, very dangerous position for somebody in the Federal Reserve to, to take to, to dislike our financial system. I think that uh, a lot of it depends, frankly, on Joe Manchin, like so many other issues do among the Democrats. It looks like the Republicans are united in, in the Senate. So her, her nomination is, is very tight. And a lot of it also will depend on whether the Senate tries to bunch up these Federal Reserve nominations as a package or whether they separate them. 
Well, you you spoke to uh, Fed Chief uh, Jay Powell last week. You questioned him in that testimony. He's meeting next week. We are expecting the first interest rate hike to be a quarter point hike on uh, March 16th when the Federal Reserve meets. What are your expectations in terms of a soft landing here going from an easing position to a tightening position? Yeah, you know, you wonder whether that move is aggressive enough. And I think back, you know, last month we got the CPI number, which showed a 7.5% uh, increase, 40-year high. We'll get the new number in the next, in the next few days. Uh, the Fed really needs to push back. They need to use all the tools in their toolbox because here in Washington, the Biden administration keeps advocating for pumping more money into the into the economy, more stimulus. Obviously, that adds to inflationary pressures. But I think in light of what what is happening, what we're seeing in Russia and Ukraine, that if if that had not happened a few weeks ago, Putin had not made that move. The Fed, in fact, may have been more aggressive on their on their rate hikes. I frankly do appreciate Jay Powell's candidness. He he kind of doesn't talk in the in the Fed speak that so many other yeah. past Fed chairmen's talked in, and uh, talk to the American people like real people when he testified before our committee. Yeah. So so you think that the Ukraine war from Russia has changed the Fed's path? Change the Fed's plans. I do. I, you know, you look at some of the comments from people like uh, like uh, uh, James Bullard, for example, who advocated okay. for uh, for more of an increase. So I do think that the Russia and Ukraine has had an impact on the Fed's decision making. Congressman, thanks very much for weighing in on all of that. We so appreciate it. David Kustoff Thank joining you. us this morning. Thank you, Maria. In Washington. On masks and mandates, on gender bender topics, Ron DeSantis has been very protective of children in the state of Florida. But he believes that people should not be forced to accept the narrative that they're not willing to accept and think about. And a lot of people who think that, uh, you know, little kids should be forced to make lifestyle choices early in life to decide what they're going to try and be when they don't even know what they really are yet. They're still working out their own plumbing and how to use it properly. And then somebody wants to come in and change it all. A lot of that in its own is pretty perverse considering these are mostly sexual decisions. And guess what? That is pre-sexuality for most kids. Most kids don't become even interested in that until something called puberty when those things are generally decided. However, Ron DeSantis says it's not time to force kids to make those harsh decisions. And parents, at the end of the day, not the state, not the government, should be making those conversations with children about their life choices. Because that's the way God intended. Get it? Got it. Good. Here's Ron DeSantis. At least somebody's talking about it. Does it say that in the bill? Does it say that in the bill? I'm asking you to tell me what's in the bill because you are pushing false narratives. It doesn't matter what critics say. For who? 
for, for grades pre-K through three. So five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds. And um, the idea that you wouldn't be honest about that and tell people what it actually says, it's why people don't trust people like you, because you peddle false narratives. And so we disabuse you of those narratives. And we're going to make sure that parents are able to send their kid to kindergarten without having some of this stuff injected into their school curriculum. You know, something that is really, really curious with the situation in Ukraine has been, of course, the tension and the issues that surround what is going on with the potential for possible nuclear conflagration, nuclear war, something nobody wants, and what to do with a fallout with nuclear conflagration. Well, Donald Trump Jr. caught something with the CDC. You see, the CDC was talking about, in the event of a nuclear war, social distancing and masks should be used. Yes, they're still worried about the potential of a coronavirus outbreak if there is a nuclear war. I really don't know what the CDC is up to with that one. That is completely crazy. Let's listen to Don Jr. as he talks about it and his reaction to, as he says, a government that is really screwing with people's minds and lives. I'm Mike of New York, leaving you with Donald Trump Jr. and the CDC. We won't talk about this, right? Didn't stop the CDC from updating their website in the event of nuclear war. Yeah. <laughs> you guys follow me on social? Do you see this one? Yeah. And they fact-checked it. Yeah. And they fact-checked me on this one. So they did. They, did. they updated their site. In the event of nuclear war, make sure you maintain at least six feet. Are you shitting me, people? Two for Tuesday series that we do usually on a Tuesday, but uh, kind of came out a little bit late for Tuesday, so it's gonna be a weenie on Wednesday. Uh, no, not weenie on Wednesday, weenie. Uh, okay, well, a little bit of a mix up there. Um, hey, have a great day. I'm Mike New York, wherever you are in the world. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, don't forget to do what you do and click on the like buttons on your podcast service. The more you click on the like buttons, the more this podcast goes up, and the more, hopefully, one day, I get a deal like Joe Rogan. (laughs) Well, okay. Hey, look, I'd be happy with 10% of Joe Rogan's deal. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, Maybe someday. We will see. I'm Mike K. Cohen, Mike of New York. Enjoy the weekend, enjoy the day, enjoy the week, because, hey, every day. He's got to say, have a pleasant day. God loves you and so do I.